On today's episode, we will be discussing breaking into the industry with our multifaceted and incredibly talented guest, Michaela Kwan. Hello. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, happy to be here. Could you start by introducing yourself to our listeners? All right. I'm Mickey Kwan. I am a photographer and a artist from the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in a town called Alameda, which is near Oakland. It's technically an island. But I've lived a few different lives. I went to a Bible school in Chicago from age 17 to 21. And I've recently moved to London. Was that always a live choice that you wanted to make? Or was that something mm. that just happened? No, that's a move that I made out of pure necessity. I left a long-term relationship about, it was like a seven-year relationship earlier this year. So I had been looking for new cities to move to, which I thought that would be New York. But I started touring with an amazing artist called Georgia Smith. She swept me up from Chicago while I was on tour with my friend Raven Linnae. We were opening for Georgia Smith on a North American tour. So how did that even, how did she reach out to you? How did she Mm. find you? And how did that all happen? Well, we didn't interact online at all. It was like a crazy fate thing. I was freelancing in Chicago for about a year doing fashion editorial photography and trying my hand at styling. And... An opportunity came up to tour through my friend Molly, who does makeup for this artist based in Chicago, Raven Linnae. And I was in a season of my life again where I was open to new opportunities that would just, like, increase my flexibility in the industry. And I was feeling stagnant. In we my can posi- all feel like that. Let me just say that because that's how I felt. Yeah. I was feeling stagnant at that time, freelancing in Chicago, doing photo and styling and all types of shit and kind of forgetting who I was at the core of me. And my friend Molly, who does makeup for this artist, Raven Linnae out of Chicago, she hit me up and was like, would you like to come on tour for a month? I was like, fuck it. Yes. Let me just let me just be with my friends for a month and see the world. And I went on tour as a merch manager. The way I met Georgia was one day I was setting up merch and it was pretty empty. I was in a hallway and Georgia just walked past me and she was like, Hey, how are you doing? We got into a little bit of a conversation, and then she was like, why don't you just come into my dressing room? And I'm sitting in her dressing room like, oh, I need to be setting up merch right now, but (laughs) let me just chat. (laughs) And she goes, so what do you really do? Because it's not merch. (laughs) And Georgia just kind of has that insight on people. She knows how to really analyze a person for who they are and not just what they do, not just what they're doing in their current state and not limiting 
them to that work. And I told her I was a photographer. And she goes, okay, well, let me see your work. And I'm like, okay, you're about to, like, review my work right in front of me. Cool. Worst thing. (laughs) Yeah, she pulls out her phone and she's looking through my Instagram. And I'm, like, going to throw up. And she just goes, you're amazing. And you can shoot whenever you want. Wow. Yeah. And so all throughout that tour around my merch responsibilities, I was shooting shows on analog and sending her images and she would post them and put me in the caption and I'm just reflecting now it was just a really really exciting time so beautiful yeah to feel she saw something in you mm, yeah to feel seen and appreciated by someone that you look up to yeah that's a privilege that was the start of that during that tour Georgia got Grammy nominated. Insane. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I had linked them in LA the next year during Grammy week, assisting Leah Abbott, my Virgo sister, styling, assisting for her. And I just keep my contacts camera on me and look for just moments, moments that not just of Georgia, but of the kind of times that we have as a team. The whole experience. Mm, the whole experience. And after that week, Georgia sent me a text and said, you need to tour with us. So she brought me along for this joint tour that we did with Kaliuchis. And I had just been invited. Invited in. <laughs> so much fun, I imagine, that was. Yeah. Your first tour, Georgia Smith tour. So moving on from meeting Georgia, so that happened as you first came to London. What has life been like since Mm. moving to London? So the timeline is actually that I met Georgia last year in November and have been doing things with her since then. But I just moved to London from Chicago about three months ago. Right. So Mm. were you like backwards and forwards? Mm -hmm. So I was just living out of a suitcase since May. May. Was that hard? Was it fun? I didn't even notice that it was happening. Right. Yeah. It all went really fast. Yeah, it did. And after the Caliuchas tour, Georgia had me on for festivals as well. She would just hit me. Yeah. Yeah. She would just hit my line. Be like, yeah, you're coming to Poland. You're coming to Ibiza. It's it's a thrill. And she had me living on her couch for the summer. Oh, my goodness. So that we could just leave from London to whatever festival we were doing. So my experience in London has been really lovely. Like the kind of generosity that I've experienced here, which has a lot to do with Georgia just bringing me in and introducing me to her world. I know that lots of people have moved here and not had that same that same privilege of making deep and meaningful relationships from the get-go. It's a hard thing to move to a totally new city mm. and start your career. Mm. Yeah, I had anticipated that for my move too, so that it would be difficult. So... Being in London 
and living on George's couch and making those real deep and meaningful friendships that automatically made London livable for me. And have you found like living in London, obviously it's been a massive lifestyle change for you. What have you found has been like the biggest lifestyle change about moving to London? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I've actually felt really comfortable in London. Like if there have been any lifestyle changes, they've just helped me unlock a part of myself that feels confident and independent. But London is, it reminds me of Chicago, having good friends and a safe home and all of that. For so many people, especially in the industry, creative industry, will move to London and feel so isolated and segregated. And I don't know if that's just because London has like a quite a tight clique of people. And I think some people find it hard to break into that. How would you advise people who might be feeling a bit lonely or segregated in London right now and trying to fuel their career? Mm. Is there any advice that you think you could give to someone who's just moved here and experiencing those feelings? Of course, I'm with you, for one. The first year of freelancing for me in Chicago, even with really strong friendships I was depressed I would sit on my couch looking out the window during like the witching hours right just like what am I doing here and like even while having the privilege of being recognized in my Chicago sphere and landing good jobs and all this and that like my sense of self was not in good shape. And I think, I don't know if I'm answering your question right, but I really feel that it's important to prioritize your sense of self first and do nothing out of an obligation or like out of a false idea of success. Like decide for you what it means to be successful. Yeah, I think that could really help someone who's listening and maybe feels that way and thank you for being so open and honest about your own personal experiences oh we have to be yeah I think this industry now is definitely being more inclusive of opening up and I think it's been something that just hasn't happened for such a long time Mm. and it's so important that we do open up to each other especially in an industry like this where sometimes it's not very friendly sometimes you do feel really lonely and can go through so many different feelings so obviously you tour with music artists oh yeah and you're so involved in the music industry so is music yourself like has that been a something that's guided you through life yeah but I didn't even know it did like my parents met at a disco in San Francisco (laughs) Adorable. I mean, uh, they they were at San Francisco State University. And, yeah, they met in the throes of funk. So that's where I was conceived. Oh, hey. my goodness. <laughs> and my dad had, like, my dad had, like, two girlfriends at the time. 70s, 80s, man. Crazy, crazy. No. But I don't know. Yeah, music is definitely a guiding force in my life but I don't really have the words to articulate it you know it's like it's just so corny to be like 
Yeah, I love music. Like, everybody fucking loves music. Yeah. But I do see that the music industry has given me opportunities to work with artists that really care about visuals. Because, like, the way that visuals can be attached to a song is, like, mind-blowing to me. Like, I could watch a music video or see a really stunning image on, like, a vinyl sleeve. And I will never listen to that song again without that image in my mind. So for me, it's very powerful, the relationship. Can you talk to us about your work? How you... Okay. It's probably a question that you get asked a lot, maybe. Like, describe your style of photography. Let me see if I can deconstruct the script for you (laughs) (laughs) what is my fucking style i don't know i'm like an ever-evolving woman so sometimes i get frustrated like why doesn't my shit look all cohesive and instagram is a weird culture that makes you think aesthetically that all of work needs to look nice in a square next to another piece of work and that's not the only way that we should be consuming art but my style you know I like things to be effortless which I'm trying to work through that like I'm trying to be more open to higher production work but for me The kind of stuff that I'm really into is just being in nice settings and being sensitive to good moments and being ready for them. That's what I like to offer to the world and to people that I work with. And luckily, the work that I've done with Georgia has like really shaped and validated that ethos for me, that approach, because she has given me so much freedom to join her like we did a month in LA and a month in Jamaica yeah I'm just shooting all the time like it's not even a job it's It's not a life job film is so expensive though I do have people that write me on Instagram a lot that ask me how I get into film photography and film is a privilege like The cost of it is so great. You can't even get on your learning curve without spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds, (laughs) dollars. But for me, I had a friend. No, I have a friend. I have a great friend. His name's Phil Tang. And I met him on a shoot. We were modeling for Nest Thermostats. And I met him on a shoot. And he helps run this organization called Film Objective, where they rent out film cameras to people at affordable prices so that you don't have to, like, invest in, you know, in a $1,000 medium format camera just to figure out if it even works for you. He was renting cameras to me and developing and scanning for me and that accessibility was how I got to 
make a nice relationship with film, but for a lot of people, it's like the price it incurs is like discouraging. How would you advise someone who's mm-hmm. possibly thinking, you know, how am I going to afford to create when um, I want to be a film photographer? Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? I would say do the best with what you have right now because I think that life in general, like we can get caught up in wanting the things that we don't have when I think we need to focus on what we can make out of what we do. For me, for a long time, that meant shooting on my Canon Rebel XSI. For anyone who knows. (laughs) For anyone that knows. Which is like, you know, that's like the camera that you get at Costco. But that's the camera my uncle got at Costco and then resold to me six years later. And I used that for ages. Like, I was bringing in some nice cash in high school shooting events on that thing and shooting weddings and portraits and stuff. Do what you can with what you have and be diligent and look for opportunities to to grow your kit and do it for yourself, not because you think, you know, that it will make you a better artist. I try not to rely on anything outside of myself. And not to expect that everything will happen just like yeah. that. Yeah. And just to grow with it. Yeah. It's all just a learning process. And things take time. I don't know if time really exists, but there's nothing we can really do to, like, speed up our existence. So, like, yeah, it's Just good. Just move to, with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to be good with where you are and then to be surprised by anything that comes your way. I think so many people at any age or stage in their career will just always be you know, maybe unhappy with where they're at and be hard on themselves and think that they should be somewhere else or like we've all felt it, right? I've felt it. I'm sure That's you me. felt it. And it's just so important to just remember that everything takes time and nothing's just going to happen. And if it does, amazing. Mm. <laughs> you got lucky. But just not to be hard on yourself when it hasn't happened yet. And we can find happiness outside of our work but the world doesn't capitalism doesn't want us to know that (laughs) but that's a that's a little treat for all you listeners (laughs) you're more than what you do yeah we are not something to be commodified Mm. and just to finish up really so the podcast we spoke about everything just want to like talk about breaking into it Mm. as someone that hasn't maybe experienced having any opportunities yet someone maybe like me someone who's a student aspiring to do all these things just any tips advice on breaking into the industry yeah I want that advice as well with what little I know as a 24 year old that has been just floating in this industry for the last like two and a half years it's so cheesy, but, like, if you don't feel like you're being given opportunities, then make them. I mean, not everyone is in a position to do that, but with what you have, like, for me, to be specific, when I started 
freelancing. I had no work for the first six months, no paid work, just living off of savings. And and I had a really supportive partner at the time. But I was producing as many shoots as I could for my portfolio as possible. So I was reaching out to models on my ones and makeup artists and stylists. And when I couldn't find people that could afford to do test work, then I picked up that skill and did it. Like, I didn't always want to bother my stylist friends to do free shit for me. So I was like, let me see how I do at this. Let me just try my hand. I'm curious. (laughs) And out of that, literally out of just styling some shoots, and shooting so I was styling the models and shooting them and putting them on Instagram and saying I did this (laughs) and I got work I got styling work with Capitol Records and Glossier and all types of shit that just came out of left field just from me following a curiosity I really feel like when you approach life with curiosity and, like, good intentions, people feel that. Yeah. What do you want to finish up by saying to people? Oh, I love you, people. I just have a lot, a lot of love for young people and students and people like you that have very little margin in their life and are still committing their entire selves to what they think is right for them. I think that is a freedom that my parents couldn't dream of and my grandparents couldn't couldn't dream of or or take advantage of. And now we're, you know, some of us are in positions where we can do what's right for us as an individual. I think that's quite beautiful. Beep, beep, beep.